Hello. Hello. And welcome to Kaylon Harrison. Won't shut up. <laughs> Man, we have a real corker of a film to talk about today. Yeah, this was a really uplifting, empowering movie about chance, mm -hmm. dreams, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and masturbating your own father. <laughs> That did come up. Um, you almost ruined my joke, except you didn't because here it comes. It's the kind of film you should bring your church group to. Yeah. Well, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Actually, all churches should have a screening of this movie um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for there. What's the what's the summer thing called? Vacation Bible School. Yeah. Which I always thought was ironic because, like, you're on vacation in the summer anyway. Then why would you? Can you explain what that is? We'll get to that later. VBS. I don't get it. Like this Bible school because it's during summer vacation. It's vacation Bible school that occurs while you're on summer vacation. All I know so is I'm... So you're just voluntarily going to church. Yes, it's yeah. like day vacation. camp. I'm already... There's, it, there's songs and themes. There are definitely themes, which ties right into the new curriculum I'm writing. It's called Vacation Bible School, The Killing of a... Sacred. Baby deers. <laughs> God <laughs> damn it. I'm going to never say the <clears throat> This is like you last time when you couldn't remember Booksmart. Mm, that's why I have my um, mobile device pulled up. So mm. in the event that I need to remember the name of the movie, I have it directly in front of me. That's nice. I don't like that style. Uh, my style is more like making everyone else Google things even when, like during <laughs> yes. both films we watched today. And I'd be like, who is that? And I'd just wait. For Carly to be like, oh, I'll look it up. <laughs> yes, she is our intern yet again. It is mm -hmm. Carl. It's, it's your girl. <laughs> um, so the actual name of this film is The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Did I do it right? You did it right. That's yes. amazing. I just want to point out really quickly before we move on mm -hmm. that that sounds like it could be something related to... Jesus and vacation Bible school and vacation Bible school. So I'm just going to go forward with. So you're right about your assumption that this should be screened for churchgoers. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, yeah, the, the lamb of God, the sacred deer, you just slip that in and it makes a lot of sense in Christian discourse. I think. Yeah. Especially, you know, all the events surrounding fatherhood that happened in this movie. Oh, right. The actual movie. Oh yeah. That too. <laughs> um, so, uh, this is the guy who directed this. He directed The Favorite, which was... Did it win the Oscar, or was it just the, the, the lead actress who won the Oscar? I don't remember. I never saw that movie, because I don't really like English shit. <laughs> um, I saw that movie alone um, after a physical therapy appointment really early in the morning before I had to go back to work. And how did you feel about it? Well, my leg hurt a lot during it. Let's review it. that instead. <laughs> <laughs> Long story short, my quick review on The Favorites, is it's relevant, it's relevant. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, is that if the same movie were completely straight, like if it weren't about a female queen and her two female assistant people who are vying for her like sexual attention, if it had just been about a king and two female... Oh, because that's what The Favorites oh, about. Best actress. Oh, yeah, the woman from Hot Fuzz won Best Actress. Is it historically accurate? Do you know? It... Yeah, it's like, from what I read, it was like, um, it was based on historical speculation, essentially. Um, but if you had just made it straight, it would have been like an incredibly boring film. Okay. Like, incredibly boring. But as it were, it was gay, which 
made it great. And you get to see one of Emma Stone's boobs. Just one. One breast. Mm-hmm. One breast. That's all you get to see the whole movie. And again, it, this that is, is a, the whole movie. This it's is the this is a film that revolves around lesbian <laughs> sex, and you get to see one boob. That's just I'm just saying. So, so well, this guy knows his shit. That's what you're know, to say. <laughs> before he made that Oscar-winning film, he made Dog Tooth. Yes, which I haven't seen, but which apparently is also you guys have. Critically acclaimed, and I saw it. I, I remember very little about it actually. Even after watching the trailer, I was having trouble remembering it. That film appeared to be in. Greek, the language that they speak in Greece. Grecian? I'm saying this slowly because I want everyone to make sure I'm right. Greek. No, it's Greek. I, it's Greek. They speak Greek in Greece. Confirmed. No one needs to look it up. Yeah, I know it. Don't add us. We, right. <laughs> don't tweet at us. We don't, don't have Twitter. <laughs> Do we not? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Instagram's where it's at, so it doesn't matter. So anyway, this, so this film... Is a 2017 psychological thriller. <laughs> Thanks, Harrison. <laughs> it is Greek. It is Greek, yes. Confirmation from our intern, it's uh-huh. Greek. I don't um, even know how to describe this movie without just... like. Let's I, do like a, yeah, like a general... So it's basically about a surgeon mm-hmm. who is played by the one and only Colin Farrell. Colin Firth? Wait. Farrell. Farrell. <laughs> Different hey, Colin. Colin. Um, his wife is Nicole Kidman, mm-hmm. and they have some children too, to be specific. And um, Colin Farrell has a unique relationship with a young man named Martin, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who, throughout the film, you discover is a former patient's son. Yes. Who is imbued somehow you are led to believe mm-hmm. in this universe with mm-hmm. some sort of powers. Yes. It's not overt. Well, and it's consequences. Yeah, it's consequences are very overt. Right, but the reality of... Yes. There's... Yeah. So the only way I can talk about films, apparently, is to directly relate them to a different film. Okay. So here's the movie I'm going to be talking about for this one, and it's Hereditary. Oh, okay. So... Similar situation where there's a power that is never really fully explained and everyone in the film is kind of fucked and it leaves you at the end feeling just sort of like, Girk. Okay. Agree or disagree? Uh, I think I disagree. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. I think it's explained uh, pretty clearly. In Hereditary? Yeah, because as it unfolds, well, this is a very different film, but what I like about that director's films is there's this idea I think he's kind of subverting the current like trend in horror that is to not reveal anything Mm. so in that movie as things unfold you're like oh well certainly this isn't what it is like exactly what's happening oh but then it is with the the demon and the grandma right and And you're like certainly she's not just chanting this thing that someone just told her to chant that's true without questioning it Mm -hmm. but she did yeah I guess you're right. And in this movie, I kept thinking that there was going to be some sort of, he made a deal with Satan to make this a justice. Oh, you thought it was going to go. I did. I did. In In Sacred Butts, Deer oh, of Oh, so you were Deer like Hunter. kind of distracted by the title, maybe. I think so. Okay. Yes. I didn't get that. I thought this was kind of like, so the movie is shot very, like, so specifically mm-hmm. that 
I kind of felt like it was putting you in a very clear like psychological headspace where you're guessing whether or not the events that are unfolding are um, are like, symptomatic of the person's okay. like understanding of the situation or if it all would have been revealed that like either he had powers and all of this was fabricated and like he was poisoning them specifically mm-hmm. or like because it gives you clues the whole time that he might have been tampering with things yes because she puts on the lip gloss and you're like oh shit is that how she's going to become paralyzed because now he's poisoned her so to clarify if you haven't seen this film basically it's this this kid i mean he's a teenager has something over the father of this family and is punishing him for what that is which is that he believes he's responsible for the death of the patient who is his father yes and so and it turns out that he was yeah well, I mean, in so much that potentially there's like a what's that movie with um, Denzel Washington? Is it just called Flight? Oh, I haven't seen it. Where it's like he it's a movie about um, a pilot who was on drugs or like still hung drunk from the night before. And then he something goes wrong with the plane and then he has to crash land it. And he actually does a pretty good job. But then they find out that he was inebriated and they're like, well, would the, and he's like, but it was a mechanical error, so it had nothing really to do with me being on drugs. So I feel like if you're performing open heart surgery, I mean, him being a little tipsy, is that what killed this guy? Yeah. Or was it that he had to have heart surgery and there was something wrong with his heart? You know what I mean? It's like that. So I never I felt see. like you can't be sure that it's the doctor's fault. Right. well I guess what I was saying about like the universe this movie exists in Mm -hmm. there's very like practical things that could have gone right or wrong that didn't Mm -hmm. like so first of all Colin Farrell at one point kidnaps Martin so Martin befriends his kids Mm -hmm. which is like he brings Martin into their house he becomes friends with their kids and they're all kind of like going through well the two martin and the oldest daughter are like puberty age coming of age the youngest son is probably like six or something i don't know how no he's like 10 or 11 okay he's martin is 16 Mm -hmm. bob is 10 or 11 and the daughter's name i can't remember I can't either, but she's supposed to be 14. She's 14. Because they keep mentioning that she's 14, and they keep mentioning she just had her first period, which was very odd. But, but I think that was because they're, like, very clinical people. Yeah, but it was also... The, all the dialogue was very odd uh, yes. in this whole film. Mm-hmm. It definitely... I mean, clearly the director was trying very hard to lead you to certain conclusions and to feel certain ways. Yeah. Because the way they all spoke was very unnatural. Mm-hmm. Although for a hot second there, I just thought... Maybe I don't understand what country they're in because I can't determine their accent. Oh, right. Maybe this is just how people in Scotland talk. There's also, like, red herrings, I feel like. Or maybe not red herrings, but, like, questionable events that occur Mm -hmm. that make you wonder, like, what's, what's all this about? Yes. So I think, like, one of those is that Nicole Kidman pretends that she's like immobile basically she pretends oh, that she's yeah. like 
That was like in the grand Drugs. scheme of things, I thought that that was going to be a really weird sticking point where I was going to be like, hey, remember when they obviously have some weird kink where Nicole Kidman's character pretends to be paralyzed and then her husband and like performs acts on her or whatever? That's going to be really the weird, the weirdest part of this whole film. Incorrect. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it got a little weirder, not much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he uh, gets off on her being paralyzed, I guess. And so then it's like a point of desire for him. And then like that's flipped on its head because both of his children end up becoming paralyzed because of this weird power that Martin has over them. Um, and he becomes increasingly more violent, Colin Farrell, towards the young son because he won't eat, because they can't eat because they're vomiting if they try and eat. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're like feeding them through an IV. <clears throat> and Martin basically halfway through the film probably tells Colin Farrell in the hospital like basically you have to kill your one of the three people that you live with your son your daughter or your wife and Mm -hmm. if you don't they will all have the same thing happen to them which is they initially become paralyzed and then they start bleeding from the eyes and then they die so the only person that never happens to is Nicole Kidman so there is like a question as to whether or not he does there is a reality to this where he does have any control over them Mm -hmm. the only time he apparently heals anyone is when he's on the phone with the daughter and he's like you can get up and walk to the window now and she does and nicole kidman sees it and is like he definitely has some sort of power yeah like that's never expressed or said but you understand that like she's aware that she needs to be kind to this person in order to get out of this situation and colin farrell and her slowly come to the realization that like Yes, we either have to, we have to kill, you have to kill one of us to pay for your sins, essentially, Mm -hmm. or we're all going to die. So I was very, I mean, I wasn't confused because obviously there was a tone and this wasn't a a typical kind of going to have some sort of a happy resolution film. But I don't understand why Nicole Kidman's character, it never seemed to be an option for her to be the one to die. And that seems like a very obvious storytelling way to go. Like, there's a very eerie line from Nicole Kidman at one point where she's like, well, I think that the obvious thing is we have to kill one of the children. And you're like, what? Well, because they don't have time. My understanding of that is just because of the way that everything unfolds. Mm -hmm. So the youngest son is the first victim. Mm -hmm. He's obviously going to have the eye bleeding and then death before the daughter because she was the second one that that would happen to. And the third one is supposed to be Nicole Kidman. Mm -hmm. So, like... I, th- I think that it's implied, at least I took it that it was implied that the son had to be the one to die because the daughter says that at some point. Like, Well, the daughter be- just says it to the son all of a sudden. I feel like we didn't get it. Well, but anyway, I guess what's confusing then is didn't you feel like the deal was that if he killed one of them, then everyone would just go back to normal, which is what happens. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm trying to parse logic out from a film that clearly you're not supposed to, I feel like. Yeah. So, Harrison, you did a little bit of reading about the Greek myth that this is based on. <clears throat> yeah. Because so I feel like that's the key to understanding this. Basically, I only, like, partially remember what it was about. But <laughs> uh, basically, it's a metaphor for coming up against, like, an, a, a movable object coming up against an immovable object. So it's like... I, uh, epiphany or something I don't remember how to say it <laughs> Oh the, the Greek word Yeah Hi- Yes um, <clears throat> Hoopity hop The 
Let's look at oh, the background. Well, I'm of looking this. at the word right now. It's <laughs> a figagina in allus. <laughs> That's the one. Yep. This is Agamemnon. He does some stuff in the Trojan War. Oh, he has to sacrifice his own daughter to appease a goddess. So that's kind of the connection there, I suppose. I'm going to be honest. I've never been one for Greek tragedies. Yeah, and that's exactly what this is. Yeah. It's just his play on one. So which, like, you know, in that way is, like, interesting mm -hmm. and very weird. But it's still, like, I still, I guess my, my hang-up about the film is that it exists... The, like, logic of the film exists in a bubble. Yes. And, like, it's difficult for me to... There's, like, a hang-up there for me for some reason. Like, all of this logic... And maybe that's, like, the point, is all of us, all of us exist within a very logical place. They're all, like, very smart. What is Nicole Kidman's job? She's an ophthalmologist. She, she's an... Yeah, she's an eye doctor. And Colin Farrell is a surgeon. Mm-hmm. So they're all, like, very well-to-do people. They all are very intelligent. Their kids are thriving in school, mm -hmm. you discover later. Um, and then, you know, they end up kidnapped. Colin Farrell at one point kidnaps Martin and locks him in the basement, shoots him in the leg, beats the shit out of him. Nicole Kidman's cleaning the blood up out of the car. And, like, that's also kind of a really loaded part because... Martin is very obviously like from what they said is like a poor part of town or whatever. So like even though he lived in a beautiful house. Right. And it, you know, his mom Alicia Silverstone is mainly absent from the whole movie except for a weird interaction that she tries to come on to Colin Farrell and he's not having it. Um but like would anyone notice that he was missing for that long? Probably. Like yeah. could well, he survive that gunshot wound and he like chews off a piece of his own arm to yes, show he that, sure like, does to show that he's um, I don't even know like impenetrable I guess but like I think that's tied into the movie's part where it's like are you supposed to believe that he is some sort of um, godlike figure yeah I think that um, and this is maybe a silly thing to say about something that's literally based on a on a mythical text but I feel like this would be a lot better as a story. Because yeah. there were too many distractions, I feel like. I spent a great deal of time watching this film trying to figure out why some people had accents and some didn't. And I just now looked it up. They filmed this in Cincinnati. Yeah, Colin Farrell is just Scottish. I know, but Irish. like, I don't, I feel like other people had a weird accent. And they were all speaking weirdly. That was part of the I dialogue. Mm. I have the same thing. Also, Nicole Kidman, I always just feel like, has sort of, like... Well, she's Australian, right? Yeah. Well, that makes sense, then. <laughs> I only know that because my son, Eli, is from Australia. Right. You know, because he's a bearded dragon. Ellis <laughs> well, like, <laughs> looks like he could be from well, Australia. Is, from is it Scotland or Wales? Ireland. Or Ireland. Oh, That's Ireland. one of them countries over there. So, um, I don't know, I was, so, this movie was very 
very strange, very different from the movie we watched before from Booksmart. Mm. So it was an interesting to yeah. jump from one to the other. I mean, um, it's like on paper, like everything about it. Like I enjoyed it. I like really slow paced horror because I desire the build and I don't want just like a gore fest usually. And so it's got to be spooky. This wasn't really that. It, it definitely felt like a psychological thriller to me. It didn't feel like an overt horror movie, but yes, I would agree with that. Um, it also is like, he has a really weird element of dark humor, the director, like in his other movies. So like I was kind of looking for that, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it came in weird ways maybe, but the slow burn is like usually my bag. So <laughs> in that way, I was, I enjoyed the film. Um, I was definitely, so I think I might be ready for my rating. I don't know about you. Sure, if you want to go there. I do. Here's yeah. what's up. I'm going to give it an even three. Tell me why. I'll tell you exactly why. Ain't nothing why. but a three. Tell me it's a three. Now, it's a three, I think, because I found it compelling. Three Kayla heads. Three Kaylas, yes. Three. Three out of six Kaylas. Three bananas out of six bananas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, there was something very interesting about it. It was definitely, like, I guess the word would be, like, compelling. Like, I felt compelled to keep watching it. And I've definitely watched films before where I've gotten frustrated halfway through and then just turned them off and read the plot on Wikipedia, which is maybe I was, like, borderline on that with this. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was really obsessed with seeing the rest of it. Yeah. And then, again, like Hereditary, I felt like at the end of it, I was like, okay, we did it. I never... But at what cost? I, oh, I don't need to see that ever again. I don't have right. too much to say about it. I don't really know why, <laughs> why that movie's there. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it was interesting to watch, you know like a middle of the road yeah situation. so I, that's why i give it a 50 percent three three out of six that's my feelings all right you're allowed <laughs> um i think it was really interesting i like the questions that it left me with i would probably give it a four out of six mm-hmm. i don't think it's like a stellar film but i left being like satisfied mm-hmm. um it reminded me a lot of funny games of what now? Funny games. That's something you just now made up. You haven't seen funny games? It reminded me of Pink Couch. That's something you just made up. <laughs> What's funny games? <laughs> we'll have to I watch was that. I intrigued by what Pink Couch was. I was like, Ooh. This is a secret hidden gem in this episode. Pink Couch is what I say when I'm making it up. Oh. Like, my favorite band is Pink Couch. I see. Oh. Funny games is what I say when I'm making it up. <laughs> Definitely not a real movie with it a real remake. What is it, the real movie? What is Funny Games? Um, it's a home invasion film. And it's... The remake has Naomi Watts and um, Michael Pitt. And it's a shot-by-shot remake of the original, which is, I believe, a Swedish film. It's Swedish? Um, All those European countries are the same. And it's really, really dark. Mm-hmm. And it has a very strange ending that is... Um, well, I don't want to spoil it, because you should watch it. It is a very good horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, and it's... Austrian. Austria. Austria. Um, and it's very smart. This was also... I think this was also really smart, but I think that 
if anything, like the best part of this movie was the actor's commitment because there's a lot of strange shit that happens in this movie. Very, very, very strange. Yeah, just sort of peppered in. And for them to deliver the sorts of like really intense lines deadpan is pretty remarkable. That is true, especially the kids. Yeah. Yeah. When the daughter is like genuinely trying to sacrifice herself, mm-hmm. that, that scene was like very strange, kind of unnerving. Yes. She does. And also the scene where she's trying, she's communicating to her brother, like, oh, well, you're the one who's going to die. Yeah. And don't be offended. We all love you. But I would like your MP3 player. Yeah. <laughs> Which was also, this is a completely irrelevant side note. Who says MP3 player? I, I wonder if they were trying to make it non time specific because no, no one had, I mean, the one had a cell phone. Mm hmm. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, but it is weird that she wouldn't just have headphones on her phone. Yeah. Maybe that's in reference to some element of the original Greek. It must be. I bet it is. The transfer of ownership. Yeah. Well, I think this would be great for people who are into the Greek mythology Mm because they would probably find a lot in this film to piece apart. Yeah, if you if you love ten things I hate about you, you're gonna oh love God, no. the killing of a sacred deer. No. Every time he's saying <laughs> the full title of this movie, I'm like, what are they talking about? That's not the name of this movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but mean, it, it is. Was, it was also there. It was shot in really strange ways too. Like at one point, you're hovering behind the characters in the hospital right. as though as though you're like. Yeah, there's like an interesting emphasis on placement with the camera. Like, and it's obviously, I think it's super 16 because it's like the edges of the frame are like super, have a halo around them, you know, for uh-huh. those scenes. And then it like snap. There's also some weird focus parts, like when it stays on someone and it like, the background becomes really clear all of a sudden. Mm. And like the camera hovers when Colin. Farrell at one point is standing over a sleeping Nicole Kidman. Um, it just does some really weird things that were kind of interesting, but again, it was kind of like red herrings, I think. There was like a lot of that. Yes. I think it also is to make you feel very uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, for that sure. Was a large, that was a large purpose of the movie, is just to make you uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, see, that's maybe, that's the nail on the head right there, is it's like, you know, you, you want to feel really unnerved that's yeah. the purpose here and then that that's all well and good for the two hours of the movie and then when it's done i'm like why did i just feel weird yeah, for two hours yes lobster does that big time mm-hmm. director um and midsummer does that midsummer and which i still just, haven't seen yeah, yeah. It's like it's almost like you're cringing the whole time but not because it's bad just because your body is having like a visceral reaction to what you're consuming yes that's only have ever happened to me with one movie, and that was The Descent. And it's Re- just because... That must be a, from a personal caving situation, right? Or Well, I just am, like, extremely claustrophobic, and yeah. I had to, like... I stood up to leave the theater during one part of that movie because they were trapped. Mm-hmm. I don't mean, like... I don't, I don't mean it in that way, necessarily. I mean it more in, like, a natural human emotion that you try to attach to characters in a movie when you watch it, right? Like, 
to some level you're constantly trying to attach to the things that you're watching to better understand them. Mm -hmm. So in this, there's really no one who you can attach to, but anytime you try to have some empathy for any of the characters or relate to any of the characters, something would happen that just makes it so that your body feels uncomfortable. Yes, I, I would think agree. The little boy, I, I think the little boy is maybe the character that... That's not the case for. Well, you start... He starts freaking you out when he starts bargaining for his own life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I... That's, see, that's why, again, this kind of movie... Definitely very interesting for two hours, but, like, now I'm done. Yeah. Unless I had some sort of other reason to be interested in it, like the connection to the Greek literature. Yeah. I think the difference between this and Hereditary as far as that feeling of discomfort after the fact mm -hmm. is that the acting in Hereditary is so accurate to what would naturally happen mm -hmm. versus this, which I think was, like, completely unnatural like there was never talk of going to the police like no part of it or well there is a little bit of talk about it but maybe they mentioned it once but that's yeah. never like actively pursued which is what would happen in real life yes however in hereditary when something happens they go through the natural human steps to cope with it so mm -hmm. it's like it's not always glamorous and it's not always the hollywood version of what you would want to happen in a, in a tragedy or you know even just like the arguments, they're just very real and they're long because that's how arguments are in real life. And I think that also is uncomfortable because we're not used to seeing that much of it. We're used to seeing the clip that implies the information that you need in order to understand the rest of the film. Yeah. Right. And so I think that that's something I actually really liked about Hereditary. And Midsummer also does that well, but I just didn't like the story as much. But they really don't skimp on the grieving period. Like they kind of force you to go through that with the character mm -hmm. and that's uncomfortable. Yeah. And then I carry that with me after the fact because it's, you know, just you're uncomfortable in general with the whole thing. But, but you're emotionally invested. Yeah. Or yeah. connected. Where with this one it was just kind of like not as much but definitely that same discomfort after just like gross. Yeah. Like, you just need to take a shower and forget that you slept. And I need to <laughs> I, I need to watch that. Shrek too. Yeah. I mean, I think that I think the one thing is like Nic Nicole Kidman is the one who comes to terms with everything like pretty quickly. She's the one that lets Martin go from the basement because she's like, it doesn't make a fucking difference. Like, obviously, mm -hmm. it's still gonna happen. You know, after she treats his wounds and kisses his feet, like basically, she comes to terms with the fact that he is a god, like subtly, like I a guess. lamb of God, like a sacred deer. Yes. <laughs> Like vacation Bible school, the sacrifice of the dead tear. Yeah, <laughs> definitely happened at my vacation Bible school. <laughs> um, Carly, what's your rating? I'm gonna give this one a one out of six. Wow. I was so miserable <laughs> for the last hour and fifteen minutes. Can confirm. Yeah. It was so long. Yes. The and next. I really have. It was difficult. So, not, and it, it was ideal. basically my fault that we kept watching it because I kept being no, like, no, 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 no. No, I definitely wanted to watch it. No, oh, okay. So it's both of our faults. Yeah. I picked it. I mean, I'm taking some ownership of it too. But Carly was I like, would never watch it again or tell anyone to I want to watch the death of the dead deer. <laughs> yeah. When is the deer going to die? 
<laughs> the dear dead killing of <laughs> the masturbation of the father. Oh God! No, no, we could have no, gotten through the exciting. whole the whole review without mentioning. If you want to watch something really, really that must have been difficult for for Colin, what's his name to Carol. say? Yeah. yeah, get about halfway through this movie. <laughs> I would Less than to see that. A blooper reel where they were cracking up, delivering these fucked up lines. <laughs> oh my god. When when you're dead, can I have your MP3 player, please, please, please? So creepy. Yeah. All right, well, Ellis has spoken. It is time to end this episode. It's time to watch something happy about people that don't ever do anything weird ever. Mm -hmm. Shrek (laughs) 2. Or The Blair Witch Project. (laughs) All right, until the next time. Toodaloo! Sacrifice your deers. (laughs) (laughs) Jerk off your dad. (laughs) Did you get that? (laughs) 